Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Broderick Green joining us now, who's been kind enough to join us. And uh, Broderick, first off, just uh, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. And uh, I know it's not ideal circumstances, but we appreciate it anyway. How you how you holding up and how you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm doing a little better. You know, it's still been pretty rough. Um, just you know, still in shock. It uh, doesn't seem real. Yeah, I know, and a lot of people feel the same way. And uh, Broderick, just to, I guess, walk us through just uh, how, the process of, uh, you know, obviously hearing the news, but uh, just some of the things that uh, kind of went through your mind and went through your head and, uh, you know, dealing with uh, a tragedy of someone that uh, not only that you used to play with, but someone that you used to call friend, too. Um, You know, just first of all, just, you know, so unfortunate. You know, just want to send my condolences to, you know, his mom and everyone in his family. Um, you know, just a tough situation. Uh, I was actually on my way to a 707 tournament yesterday with my coaching staff, and uh, we were almost there. And one of my coaches said, Hey, you know, Ryan Mallard, did you play with him at all? And I was like, Yeah. So I was like, That's my boy. You know, I was up. And he goes, uh, Yeah, man, I just saw this article, man, something about him you know, probably passing in Florida. I'm not sure how accurate it is. And I was like, well, yeah, right. I was like, man, I should call him right now. And uh, I said, show me the article. He showed me. And it was like posted two minutes ago. And I said, oh, man, like, is this real? And right after that, my phone started flooding with text messages from friends and mutual friends and teammates and phone calls and, I was like, oh, no. So when we got to the tournament, right, you know, a couple seconds after that, I walked down to the field. My team was warming up, and I just kind of sat and thought about it, and I was like, is this real? And it hit me, and I just, you know, broke down in tears, and I had to walk away from the field, and I left. And I just couldn't – I couldn't coach at that moment. I wasn't there mentally, and uh just really hurt and really, you know – just shocked me. Broderick, through the healing process and um, the way that a lot of people cope with things is think about the good things and the good times, good, great memories with Ryan Mallett. What are some of those for you on and off the field? Oh, man. Uh, start with on the field, just, you know, from an athletic standpoint. Uh, man, the guy was just such an amazing talent. You know, uh, it was effortless for him. You know, it seems like he was so much further ahead of the game, um, just reading the defense, checking out of plays, um, just always knowing what to do, always knowing what to call, just that leadership he had, that, you know, commander mentality. I mean, I remember, you know, just uh, one of my favorite times, uh, we broke um, a huddle, and we tried to play call, and uh, he just put in an option. He said, hey, once you're going to swing on the side. And I was like, what? A swing for what? I'm like, dude, I'm supposed to pass pro. He goes, no, it's wide open. I'm telling you, about the blitz from the side, run the swing. I said, all right, I got you. I ran the swing, and in my back of my mind, I'm like, Ryan, if you get me in trouble for this, because you know Petrino, do not play. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to trust you. I ran the swing route against South Carolina. I caught it, and I ran about 40 yards down the sideline. And uh, I never went And I just was like, man, this dude, it's so easy for this guy, you know. And uh, he'd always just come down like, yeah, BG, I told you. I told you. He always called me BG. And, 
he's just so confident, man, and so sure of himself, and just just so uh, competitive. And uh, he always, you know, just tried to perfect his craft, and he was so sure of his craft. He backed it up, you know. Um, he's on the field, high energy guy, man. Score a touchdown, no matter who it is. He's the first one there, if not the first one. He's the second. And he's jumping on you, tapping your helmet, screaming, you know, the whole nine excitement. Or you always look, you know, I'll, I shed a tear today because I was looking at old pictures of us. And one of the first things I looked in, in one of my going to touchdown, he's in the background with his hands up. And he's always running down the field with his hands up or watching it. The moment you cross that goal line, he's got his hands up and he's hyped. And that's just that team player mentality and that leader, you know, leadership quality that he brought to the table. And it always stood out with a big smile on his face. Um, off the field, same thing. I mean, you having a bad day, you know, we got a long, tough practice ahead. He comes in the locker room clapping, you know, hype. Come on, guys, let's go. Y'all ready? It's another day, another day to grind, baby, another day to get better. You know, and just, you know, just cracking a bunch of jokes and just, you know, he could he could lighten any room he went into. And uh, he was himself and – you know, I'm so glad and so blessed that I had an opportunity to develop a friendship and a bond with him over time. Well, Broderick, uh, I know that it's always fascinating to watch it from afar and seeing, because he was only at Arkansas for two years as the starting quarterback in 09 and 2010. And you think about uh, him coming in with the, the hype and the expectation, and then in his first year, really just has a great year, maybe goes to the NFL, but decides to come back another year and then has an even and better year. Just over that two-year course, did you see anything change in him? Because, you know, usually when that pressure gets added, when someone starts uh, hearing about how great they are or hearing about uh, how many accomplishments they have or maybe preseason Heisman talk, a lot of guys can maybe read into that. How did you see Mallet develop just over that two-year period, not only as a player but just as a person and his personality and how he dealt with all of that? Man, there was no such thing as pressure to mallet. I mean, I, I I could hear his voice right now as he's talking. He's like, pressure? Man, pressure. You know, uh, mallet's just, you know, he was a guy that, like I said, we met when we were in high school, you know, 17, 18 years old, the Army All-American game, and, you know, switched numbers, stayed in touch, and talked while I was at USC and while he was at Michigan. And, you know, every week or so, every month, you know, we always kept in touch and talked. And, um, you know, when we both came back to Arkansas, you know, I mean, it was like a dream come true for Ryan, too, as far as him being able to play for the Hogs and getting back home. Um, and, you know, I was blessed enough to where I didn't have to sit. And right when he finished sitting, we played at the same time. Um, you know, uh, man, it was just, you know, exciting to finally be on the same team after talking about it for so long and being friends for so long. Um, you know, man, it was just a great experience. I mean, I learned a lot from him. He pushed me and made me a lot better. Um, you know, just with the quarterback running back relationship and just things I could change and work on and do, he just saw so much further ahead down the line. Um, you know, like I said, I built my relationship with him. Um, he called me when he first got the job at Whitehall, you know, and I congratulated him and we talked about everything and, I joked about it, and I told him, I said, hey, man, I said, you better run the Petrino plays. And I was like, and you better have somebody going 99 yards, too. 
And uh, we laugh and joke about that kind of stuff and talk about everything. And we also got our teaching license together, you know, so we went through the certification in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, that was fun, you know, just laughing about old times we connected and, you know, sitting there as students, you know, learning and our alternative certification. Um, that was cool. And uh, we just, it was just like old times, just laughing, joking, sitting around every day in class. And, you know, so we, we stayed in touch over the years. And, you know, it was great um, just talking to him and joking around. And like I say, he was shooting me text messages when he first got the job at Whitehall at 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. And I'm like, Ryan, dude, what are you doing? I'm responding at 9 a.m., 8.30. He's like, hey, man, I'm a head coach, man. Early Bird gets the worm. I got to be up now. And I was like, you have to be up. I don't want no worm. Like, <laughs> you can stay up early, do your thing. I do not care. Um, but it was just funny. You know, like I said, Ryan's, man, just such a great guy, man. Just a jokester at heart. Naturally, so funny. Um, just himself, man. Just unapologetically himself. Uh, care less about what anybody thought about him. Uh, gave it 110% every day. Um, picked his teammates up, you know, uh, never let us fall in our face and always had our back. Yeah, and speaking of that with the teammates, something that stood out about him was whenever the focus was on him and he was being questioned about his ability and certain things, he would always take the focus off him and speak up the teammates. So that's the type of person that he was where he touched a lot of people, but he – also wanted others to be recognized in the moment. It wasn't just about him. It was about the team. Oh, yeah, always. I mean, he never, never spoke from an individual standpoint. People always talk about how far he could throw and how strong his arm was and, you know, try to give him that little quarterback controversial talk, and you know, and he, that, no, that stuff never fazed him. He always – you know, congratulated, you know, Tyler's success and all the other guys in the quarterback room. And, you know, he was a team player. He always uplifted everyone. Uh, he came out with the energy every day. He challenged the coaches. He challenged McGee. He challenged Petrino. And that was something that we all needed as a whole, you know, as a team. You know, it, it made them better coaches, you know. And uh, iron sharpens iron. That's what we always said. And he made sure to sharpen everybody. Speaking with former Razorback and former teammate of Ryan Mallett, Broderick Green, here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Broderick, uh, also, you know, you talk about being around him. I think it's always pretty fascinating, because I've talked to uh, several other teammates of his, too, that maybe there's stuff that people don't realize or Razorback fans don't realize. Is there something that you feel like uh, you knew about Mallett or something about Matt, his personality or anything like that that maybe a lot of people don't know about uh, that uh, probably would be good if they did know? Um, well, I'll just speak from the standpoint of like over the last year or so, you know, once he got that head coaching position, you know, I just know, um, you know, he was just high on life, man. Just, you know, at the top of the top, living it up, you know, he was so excited to be a head coach, you know, and, you know, going from my OC, he was like, man, I got my own program. I like, you know, I can run my own system. I can do everything the way I want. And, you know, I'm so excited to come and, try to create a winning culture and a winning program. And, you know, he's like, man, I might have to hire on some of the guys. And just, you know, uh, man, I'm just so excited about everything. And we just talked and talked and talked. And I was just so happy for him to see him get a chance to do his thing and, 
you know, then he played against one of my best friends, you know, Small World, Brian Moppin and Mel. So I thought that was cool. And, um, you know, they connected because I introduced him to Ryan back when we were in college and we all hung out and stuff. So that was kind of full circle. And, um, you know, like I said, man, I just, I talked to him a lot about it. You know, he just was so happy, man. Just on top of the world. And, you know, it kind of hurts me. Because I, you know, just started my dead week, and I know he was starting his, and I was going to call him and catch up with him and let him know I was going to come in town and see if he wanted to hang out and just kind of catch up and talk about football and everything. And, you know, we always did. And, uh, you know, just an unfortunate timing, unfortunate situation. And, uh, like I said, again, just wanted to send my condolences because, I mean, it's rough. I've talked to a lot of my teammates and, you know, we've done everything from crying on the phone to just reminiscing and talking about flashbacks and funny locker room moments and game days and certain play calls and things Ryan did in the huddle and all that. It's just, you know, just it's been nostalgic and, um, you know, it's just something I'll never forget. Mallet said that he always knew that he wanted to coach. Is that something you guys talk about during your playing days? Because he said that, once he was done playing, he already had a plan that he always wanted to coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, that's why he was so excited about getting a head coaching job, you know. And, uh, you know, people always ask me, oh, Coach Green, you'd be a great head coach. And I'm like, I, I probably would one day, but uh, it's not for me. And I was like, hey, I'm, I want to. I accept the challenge. I want it. He's like, you know, this, this is what I want to do. I'm ready to go change the program and, and create a winning culture. Yeah, because that was something that you, you mentioned him playing and just what he did with film and, and studying and all that. Uh, some people, you know, when they people bring up football moments or football memories, there'll be some that say, well, you know, there's, he was more than just football, which I agree there was more, but football was his life. It, it just seemed like every single time that whether it was him playing or him coaching from when he was younger, from when he was now, uh, he was just all about football. And I think that that's also just shows how special he was. Not only was he really good at playing it, he was really good at coaching it, but it all came from a passion that he had for that sport to where uh, he just enjoyed it so much, every aspect of it. And I think that that was very evident in how not only he performed, but also just uh, how he was motivated into being the best football player or football coach that he could possibly be. Yeah, man, Ryan, I was so happy for him because Ryan was so, you know, just passionate about coaching and stuff and just loving the kids in general. A lot of people don't understand that. You know, as an educator and a coach, you know, we don't get paid a lot of money. And he didn't care about the money. He's like, hey, you know, I'm doing what I love. You know, this is something I'm passionate about and, you know, just living in this purpose, you know. And, I mean, like I said, Ryan gives a shirt off his back to anybody. And he loved those kids so much down at that program. And, you know, I just know uh, he's going to be truly missed down there. And I know it's really going to affect him. Um, you know, and I know they, they meant so much to Ryan, you know, and I mean, I literally, Ryan just loved the kids so much. And literally anything, if I ever needed him to sign anything for a kid or whatever, he's doing a heartbeat. He's like, how many footballs you got? What, 10? Right, go ahead and sit them down here. I got them. And he's like, where, where are the kids at? Can I, where, can I meet them? Like, where, oh, what high school? Or where junior high? Where, you know, uh, he didn't care. I mean, whether it be my mom and different people coming like, hey, can you take a picture of my mom? He do. He's like, yeah, man, come on. Come on, on face. Come on. Let's get in this picture. And uh, he just he just has such a warm heart, man. I mean, literally just to be on top of the world, 
he was, you never even, like, it, it, it's like he never even felt on top of the world as far as, you know, being cocky or anything like that because he was just so, you know, open and just, you know, inviting. And he just created a positive environment around him to where people just gravitated towards him. Roger, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some memories about Ryan Mallett. A lot of great stories, and we probably could talk to you for a lot longer to share some more of those stories. But since we have you, and you mentioned that you are in the coaching, what are, what are you up to these days, and where are you? Because you said that you would have to come back into the state. So what are you doing these days? So I'm living in Kansas City, and I'm coaching at Liberty North High School. And I'm coaching running backs over there. And uh, it's my second year in Kansas City. I was at Park Hill South last year. Um, and uh, now I'm at Liberty North and uh, just trying to make some noise out here, give some guys some scholarships, and prepare them for the future on and off the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we're rooting for you and pulling for you, and hopefully you have a lot of success there too. And before we let you get out of here, Broderick, if there's one play that always pops into your mind about Ryan Mallett and your time at Arkansas, what's the one play that will always pop into your head anytime you think about him? I mean, there's so many. Um, but I remember I was playing against South Carolina. It was so funny. Uh, we were in the huddle. He was like, hey. He was like, we're in the green zone. He was like, hey, time to score. Back then, I was like, yes, sir. We called it the green zone, not the red zone. And I scored my touchdown. And I'll never forget <laughs> looking at the picture of him in the back <laughs> with his hands up, <laughs> making a touchdown sign, and he ran and jumped up on the course, like always. But yeah, no, Ryan, Ryan was my guy, man. I just want to say last thing: I, if he knows anything, he knows I love him, and uh, man, he's a goat in my eyes for sure. Well, hey, we really appreciate you joining us, Broderick. Uh, I know it's been tough for you and tough for everybody, but. Uh, it was a great honoring and a, a great way to talk about somebody who knew him a lot better than we did. And so we appreciate you hopping on and talking a little bit and honoring Ryan Mallett's memory, man. Appreciate you